If you love what you're listening to here, you are going to love our 21 day magical self care challenge. This is more than just a challenge. It is a community and it includes our magical self care course and two PDF books, the magical self care book and the born magic book both bestsellers on their release date on Amazon, and we can't wait to get them into your hands. Join us for the 21-Day Magical Self-Care Challenge. And by the end of the class, you are going to have some new magical tools in your tool belt, and you are also going to feel supported, and you're going to have the steps to easily and efficiently bring self-care into your life as the foundation of your life. So you don't have to seek it out every day because your whole life will be built on magical self-care. Check out the link to join us in the 21 day challenge. And we can't wait to see you in there. Let's talk about the wheel of the year, the beautiful wheel of the year. Uh, what is that? It's um, some people would say it's an ancient calendar. I would say that it is. And also it looks different across, um, depending like where you're looking because of the way that the earth is right. So in more Northern countries where there's four clear seasons, certainly the wheel of the year is mirrors how folks may have tracked time and spent their time in a year more towards the equator. So even those of you here in America listening who are in like deep Florida, um, Texas, southern states where it's just warm, (laughs) like all the time, uh, your wheel of the year, like that land wouldn't have experienced the wheel of the year in the way that we follow it. So yes and no. Ancient, yeah, depending on where you're looking. Is it like a broad strokes applicable to everybody? No, no, it's not. Um, In our modern ways of being, when we look at pagan and Wiccan traditions, Wicca is a religion. Um, Pagan, you can follow, you can have a pagan religion or follow pagan practices, not as a religion. So I want to be really clear about that. There's also nature spirituality. There are Christians who follow natural rhythms of the the world and the seasons and cycles around us. So in terms of ancient, again, just use that word with discernment. Really, the wheel of the year, though, marks the changing seasons and celebrates the cycles of nature. So it consists of eight different Sabbaths or holidays that represent uh, birth, death, and the rebirth of the sun. So we see the birth of the sun, the death of the sun, the rebirth of the sun throughout this wheel of the year and the sun's influence on earth. So as I said, if you live somewhere where the sun doesn't have those same cycles so much, um, then this will look very different for you. If we're talking ancient history, it would look very different. Um, Applying the rhythms of the natural world though, and the tenets, I guess, of the wheel of the year is beautiful. I think for anybody who is interested in that because the rhythm it teaches also applies to the same 24 hour cycle we see in the day. And it's the same as a lunar cycle. And it all works together to really help you build rhythm into your life, which is what so many of us are lacking in our modern world. The celebrations are of agricultural significance, but they're also symbolic of personal growth, reflection, and that rhythm that I mentioned. So let's talk about that. If the word witch makes you feel full of power and excitement, 
If you love personal development, but loathe boring love and light conversation, if a sexy combo of witchery and inner work piques your interest, you're in the right place. Welcome home, Magic Maker, and welcome to Expedition to Soul, the podcast brought to you by the Sisters Enchanted. All right, let's begin by just a high-level overview of the eight Sabbaths, and then I'm going to tell you how I work with the Wheel of the Year as an example. Remember the months of January and February on Thursdays here on the podcast, we are releasing these Witchery Foundations episodes, and this is one of those. They're going to be coming to an end soon, though, so once February is done, we are going to maybe shift gears, and so enjoy this while we have them coming out on Thursdays share with a friend, all that good stuff. That's a great way, actually, if you're not able to join one of our programs or they're not right for you right now to tell your friends about the podcast and spread the word so that more people can learn this information and benefit from Expedition to Soul. Okay, the eight Sabbaths. I like to start talking about them on Yule. Um, and some people like to start talking about them on Samhain or Halloween. So let's talk about that firstly. It is, in my opinion, more, this is, this is my opinion. It is more Wiccan based to start the wheel of the year on Samhain or Halloween. That is some call that the witch's new year. Um, and that it's the time we honor ancestors, the spirit world. It's this moment of introspection where the veil between the worlds is the thinnest and we can deeply connect to our inner wisdom. Samhain is the last of the harvest festivals and it happens in the autumn season. So it is also the last festival of the autumn season. I just had to check with myself to make sure that's true. (laughs) Yes, it is true. (laughs) They keep the map in my head. Uh, And it is more Wiccan in nature to look at Samhain as the witch's new year and as this new year time. Uh, it is the point in time between the autumn equinox, so the first day of fall and the shortest day of the year. So it is one of these mid markers. I personally, as I have grown, don't look at this as the new year any longer. And I will talk about that uh, next. But many people do. And some even look at the new moon closest to Samhain, often the Scorpio new moon as that point in time for them as well. So Samhain is the, it's Halloween. It is the midpoint between the first day of fall and the first day of winter. And it is this time where we connect with ancestors in Mexican tradition. You might be familiar with Dia de los Muertos, um, closely mirrors that energy as well. The history around how this was celebrated is very murky though. So there's a lot you'll see on social media about historical evidence and the rise of the feminine around this. And I will just be really honest Uh, as a former teacher, if you do like academic research, it is very murky (laughs) and that's why you won't hear us saying stuff like that. Um, but it is a beautiful, like who doesn't love Halloween? Freaking love Halloween. Celebrate it as you will. And I love to say that when you step into a practice of witchery, you get so many new years because there's Halloween as the witch's new year. There's Yule as a new year. There is, um, the new year, new year. So there's always these new years and all these opportunities to do it again. Embrace the opportunities, you know, go with it. Whatever works for you works for me. So we have Samhain. Some will start their wheel of the year um, on Samhain. I start my wheel of the year when, if I think of a starting place on Yule, which is the shortest day of the year. And this is also what I look at as the new year. And it is because 
we have our shortest day. And then every day thereafter, the days get longer again. And the sun is reborn mirrors Christianity, right? With the birth of the baby Jesus, the son of God, we see with Yule, which is around December 21st every year, the sun is reborn in the sky. And so that is where I look at like my new year, that the sun is reborn. This is the starting point of the year for me. And that developed. So I actually, if you are in any of our programs years ago, I would have worked with Samhain Halloween as the witch's new year. And I have shifted because I'm a person and people change and shift. So I love the winter solstice for this. Um, this happens at December 21st, right around there. It does change by about a day here and there. There is an astronomical marker for the shortest day of the year. And when that is, Yule again is the shortest day of the year, uh, longest night, winter solstice, first day of winter. So we celebrate the rebirth of the sun. It's this time of hope, of renewal. Um, the longest night gives way to increasing light. So we're symbolizing the potential for new beginnings. So I love to set intentions here and the spark of light, the spark of life that persists even in the darkest of times. So the hope that life will continue even in the darkest of times. This is what we're doing with Yule. And this sets off our season to go within to really just be and to think about, you know, what might my plans be for the year ahead? How do I want to feel? What might those, what might that look like? The next marker on the wheel of the year is inbox, sometimes called Candlemas. This happens around February 1st or 2nd. It is also in the winter. So Yule's the first day of winter. Inbox is within winter. It marks the midway point between winter and spring. And it's a time for light and um, appreciating, like deepening into this hope, because now we can actually see that the light is coming back again. You can't really see it at Yule, right? But you can see it with Inbach, associated with the goddess breed, uh, and really invites us to awaken from our winter rest and deepen into the new growth that's coming around the corner for us. So to deepen into those intentions, our goals, what does this look like, and get more clear on them. After Inbach, we have Ostara, which is the spring equinox. So this is the first day of spring. And we have just about equal light and equal dark um, in the northern hemisphere and on the first day of spring. And as, as such, Ostara symbolizes this balance between what was and what will be, right? And it's this time of renewal. Uh, the earth is growing again, the birds are chirping, all of that good stuff. And it's really time to take action on planting the seeds that we wish to grow throughout the year. So agriculturally, you might see people starting to prepare the earth. And this is where we are examining where do we plant the seeds within our inner energy? What does it look like to take action and to start doing it, start taking action? I love to look at our energy centers and the stories we hold within our energy to understand where we need to plant the seed of what we want to bring into our life during this time of year. And this is the kind of thing we teach in depth in our holistic witchery program. After Osara, we have Beltane, which is also known as May Day. So right around the first day of May. And it's a fire festival. We celebrate fertility. Think uh, 
like dancing naked around a fire is what I always like to say for Beltane sort of energy and abundance time. If you like working with fairies and you believe in fairy energy, this is the perfect time for that. So passion, growth, and really revel in the pleasures of life and ignite these fires of desire and creativity. So if you have yet to take action on feeling the way you want to feel like hot damn, if this is not the time to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Beltane really invites us. How do you want to feel? Let's feel that way. Let's make it happen. No time like the present. After Beltane, we have Letha, which is the summer solstice. It's the longest day of the year, also called midsummer by some. So you'll hear midsummer, Letha, summer solstice, and that's around June 21st. Again, the dates do vary. It's the longest day of the year, as I said, and we're celebrating the sun at its peak. So every day after June 21st, the days will get shorter again. It's so wild to think how you don't even notice it until like maybe late August. And, and yet that early in the year, June 21st, the days are already waning away from us. Uh, And that's the beautiful thing about rhythm because it helps us tune into that and pay attention, right? So this is a time again, where we can work with, we can manifest with the longest day of the year, manifesting abundance, strength, vitality, really basking in the fullness of light. Think about full moon energy, things you would do with the full moon. Beautiful to do here. This also kicks off the summer season, which I love for doing shadow work because you've now had this whole spring season. And if you have yet to take action on your goals for this year, now is a good time to start asking why. Like we're halfway through the year. Why have we not done it? What shadow work do you need to do? And what do you need to readjust and make changes on? What do you need to shift, clear away so you can manifest the thing you wanted to create this year? Consciously create it into being. After Letha or the longest day of the year in June, we have what you might hear as Lunasa or Lamas on August 1st. And this is the first harvest festival of the year. And this is the time between the first day of summer and the first day of fall. So the first of the harvest festivals, we practice gratitude. It's like seeing the first fruits of our labor. And again, in a practical level, if August has come and you had this vision for your year and you're not seeing the fruits of your labor yet, do the shadow work to understand why, what needs to shift um, and really reap what you've sown this year. So if you've not sown anything, then that's what you're going to reap. And if you did and you learned lessons because it failed, you you reap the lesson, like you learn from it. And if you tended to your garden... <laughs> then you're reaping the benefits of that, right? Um, And reflect on the abundance that you've brought in, remembering that abundance covers not just money, but health and family and love and connection and all these things can be abundant. And then of course we have Mabin, which is the first day of fall, the autumn equinox around September 21st. Um, Day and night are equal again in the Northern hemisphere. And this is where, this is known as the witch's Thanksgiving. And I do celebrate this as the witch's Thanksgiving. Uh, as the second harvest festival, really just like practicing that gratitude for friends and family and all that we have and resources in our life. And then the next festival, I did start with it also would be Samhain as the last harvest festival. So if you don't start your wheel of the year with Samhain, then you would end it with Samhain here. And that's Halloween where, you know, we've had two harvest festivals and now like it's getting very dark out. We're hunkering down for the winter. We're doing the rest of our resource gathering, thanking our ancestors and hoping, wishing, praying for a safe winter ahead as we get closer and closer to the first day of winter. 
And that is the wheel of the year. So you can see how there are celebrations and spiritual elements to each of them, but also this agricultural element and nature's rhythm. So what is going on in the world around you is very much embedded in the wheel of the year. All right. So what can you do with the wheel of the year, right? And how do I use it so that it's more applicable than just hearing the information about it? As I explained to you, all of these celebrations also can be symbolic of our personal journey through life. And they actually mirror the phases of the moon cycle as well. So we have this happening during lunar cycles, the whole year, and even the hours of a day can mirror this rhythm, which again is something we teach in holistic witchery. So definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, but by observing these days, we have this built-in rhythm. So when we say, you know, the longest day of the year in summer and we look, well, what have I planted this year? And if you haven't planted anything, it's this reminder to consider why, what got in the way, what shadow work do you need to do, right? If May 1st comes along and you've forgotten how you want to feel this year, that's your reminder, like do something today to feel that way, because today is the day to feel alive and vibrant. And we have all of this built in with the rhythm of the year for your personal journey. So I connect deeply with the rhythm of the year and I use this rhythm in my daily life each and every day in different ways, so much so that it it uh, inspired the 5 I expansion spiral that we teach, which is a self-coaching method to take you from chaos and uncertainty and hard stuff to calm and clarity and confidence in just a few minutes. Like so much so that I used natural rhythms to influence that spiral and I use it each and every day of my life. So, and we teach it here and it's just beautiful, but I've really found a lot of purpose and aligning my energy with these rhythms. So I do look at them as seasons more so than the eight separate festivals because, you know, I am a person, like I own a business, I work full time, I take care of my aging grandparents, I take care of two kids, I homeschool, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm, I'm all these things. I'm a very busy person. <laughs> so along with traditional celebrations in life, it can feel like a lot to then have eight more things to celebrate. And it's not that I don't celebrate them, but I really look at the seasons more as seasons. So what is the energy of winter and how do we embody that over that three month period of time? So for me, when I look at winter, this is Yule and Imbach. So December 21st and February 1st, I really just embrace being. So what is the essence, excuse me, what is the essence that I want to feel in my life? What do I want to embody in my life? How do I want to be? And how does my home reflect that? How does my schedule reflect that? And I re reset everything, like get my schedule feeling cozy, my home feeling cozy, my body feeling cozy, and allow myself to start to plan more thoroughly for the year ahead. Um, I do this actually a lot in the fall, like a lot of my planning is already done for the year ahead, but this is where I will adjust and I'll say is what I'm about to do in alignment with how I want to feel are the actions that I have planned in alignment with how I want to feel. So does everything feel good? How's everything feeling to me? I reflect, I sort of just, it's this energy of being embodying. What does that look like? And that's what I do in the winter spring with Osara and Beltane, like open the windows and take action. I love that season. I love when it gets 60 degrees out and I can just go outside and spin with the sun and it feels so warm. <laughs> but this is where I really start to take action. You know, I make sure like, all right, enough resting. Every, the deck is clear. We're going to take action on life right now. And I do that with Osara and um, Beltane and start to get out there again. 
Um, by the time summer comes around with the longest day of the year in June 21st, and then Lunasaw with August 1st, I, I do, I look and I say, all right, this is how I wanted to feel this year. And for me, my spring and summers tend to be very, very, very packed with adventure and, and things that I'm doing and goals that I've set. So by the time we get to June, it's really important for me to do that shadow work and say, well, where have I ridden the wave of action so hard that I've now overcommitted myself and I need to shed some things away? Or what did I say yes to that deflected me from where I want to be, um, was acted as a distraction. And I kind of reset for the rest of the year and do that shadow work. And then in the fall seasons, which starts with Maven, I practice my gratitude. I love the witches Thanksgiving. I freaking love it <laughs> with Maven in September. I dream about the next year and I actually start to like envision what are we going to do in the next year as early as September and October. Um, because it's part of that rhythm, right? And I, I start to declutter and look at my physical space and ask what doesn't feel good as I enter into the winter and I'm going to spend more time around the house and less time outside or doing things or less activities to go to because it's just cold and where I live, it's definitely winter and, and we get stuck in. So in the cycle of the year, I really mirror my own cycle of growth renewal to the wheel of the year. Uh, and this is how I love to use it in my life. So it is more than just festivals. It's more than celebrations. It's more than like a checklist of things that we have to do. I think that it is connecting to the rhythm, the external rhythm of nature and the wheel of the year connecting to your rhythm and how you are growing in your own life using this as a tool. All right. Well, there you go. Now you know what the wheel of the year is. You know, like modern ways to implement it in the busy lives we are all living where we have conflicting priorities and so many things to do each and every day and how I have, um, how I've used it over the years and changed my perspective on it. And, you know, I've got a lot of life ahead of me, so I'm sure I'll change my perspective again. But for now, this is how I use it. You've got a good overview. And um, we always put up blog posts about the Wheel of the Year, too, with the different festivals. So check those out. And if you're interested in this rhythm piece and creating a conscious, a consciously creating your life by a rhythm, check out our Holistic Witchery program because, like, it's exactly <laughs> we teach the rhythm in there along with spiritual tools like tarot and shadow work and working with the seven chakras and the moon phases. Um, there's psychic skills in there. I mean, like it's, it's so good. It's, it's jam packed. It's like witchery 101 plus this expansion spiral, which is based on the rhythm of the world um, around us and the moon phases, but it's a self-coaching rhythm. And I don't know anything else like this out there. So check it out if this is all very interesting and intriguing to you, but I hope you enjoyed it and check out our blog post too, because we got some more things, more details. You can read it over there on the blog, but thanks for hanging out. All right. Until next time, I hope that you have an enchanted rest of your day ahead. If you love the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or a review that helps us to get the word out about all we're doing here at the Sisters Enchanted. Thanks for being part of our community and we'll see you in the next episode.